0: Welcome one and all to episode 53 of the Practicology podcast and a warm welcome back to you Justin Pratt last week you introduced us to the theology of giving and I really enjoyed your emphasis on how God is happy and generous and it's when we worship the joyfully generous God that we become joyfully generous too. You also taught that our giving can be a part of our worship and not just the fruit of our worship. So we're glad to have you back on, and we're looking to, to help us a little bit more this episode with the practical aspects of giving.
1: Thank you, Mike, glad to be back. And today we're carrying on with the more practical session of this two-part podcast on giving. Last session emphasized the fact that giving should put a smile on our faces. And as I reflected on smiling faces, the image of my four-year-old son London came to mind. This past spring, the wonder of planting seeds and watching them grow occupied his mind. As each seed grew, another idea for a, a plant popped in his mind. He moved from the usual suspects of beans and peas and started to want to plant apples and oranges and till he ran into a stop with the goldfish cracker. As I would return from work, he would just be dancing as I would show as he would show me the progress of his plants.
0: Well, You'll have to tell him someday, uh, Justin, that had he planted a goldfish cracker in the early days of Narnia, he would have seen a goldfish cracker bush emerge from the ground, and it it would have actually worked. But yeah. uh, we all we all love um, seeing life through the eyes of a child, and I love how the Bible itself takes up simple imagery that even children can relate to. Uh, the Bible talks about giving as a kind of sowing, and It's a kind of sowing that actually works.
1: Yes. And that's what, you know, kind of thought as be a good lead in here. Here's a, here's a boy planting seeds and is putting a smile on his face. And I just thought that's goes together here. When we give, we talked about how that puts a smile on our face and, and Paul uses that imagery of sowing and reaping in this whole, um, atmosphere of giving in second Corinthians nine and as well in Galatians six. And so he teaches us in these passages in the New Testament some laws of the harvest, and we'll just run through them here. The first one is that you reap what you sow. You when London planted a bean plant, uh, bean seed, he expected to get a bean plant, and uh, planted a pea seed, he expected to get a pea plant, and that's why he was wondering if a good fish, cra- a goldfish cracker, would give him a goldfish bush, and um, that's just the expectation. We expect to reap what. We sow, and so if we sow a life of giving, we would expect to reap a life of giving in the same way. The second uh, point, the laws of the harvest, is that you reap proportionally to what you sow. So if we're stingy in our planting, we'll be stingy in our harvest. There'll be there won't be as much coming back. Paul is enjoining us. He's he's asking us. He's He's teaching us that we should reap uh, that that we want if we want to reap bountifully that we need to sow, sow bountifully that we want to be liberal in our in our planting and so we need to give in this kind of way. We also learn that you reap more than you sow. You plant one corn seed, you get a whole corn on the cob, if not two or three of them. And so the responsibility of giving is is actually working in our favor we're only doing the small part and god as he uh, as he has set these laws of the harvest into our world we expect actually to get far more back from than uh, what we've actually invested in his kingdom and finally we're taught that you reap according to the manner that you sow And what I mean by that is we're told to sow in faith, in expectation of a harvest. We're to sow generously. We're just so cheerfully. And the crop really then is a reflection of the farmer's character. I don't know if you've talked to farmers at all, but um, some farmers, no matter how good the crop is or how bad it is, are the same. They're cheerful. They're happy. They just take whatever the harvest is as from the Lord. And other farmers, their disposition is 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 surly, or you no know, ungrateful, unthankful. And no matter if it's the greatest crop they've ever had, they're they're still looking for more. And so, really, what we have here in this whole avenue of giving, and this spiritual discipline, and this dispensation or responsibility that God has given to us in this in this area of service, is it's not only a means of of reflecting the heart of God and sharing in His generous heart, but it also actually becomes a means of exposing what's actually in our heart. What kind of a farmer are we? The whole concept, the responsibility of giving, then not only is it a means of meeting the needs of others, but it's a, it does reflect a lot on us and is a means of exposing who we are as well.
0: Right. Yeah. So, um the bible gives us these laws of the harvest and and for those of us who are a wee bit severed from our agrarian roots justin let me just uh, recap what those are you reap what you sow you reap proportionally to what you sow you reap more than you sow and you reap according to the manner that you sow thus we should sow with generosity and, and cheerfulness and so on so the bible gives us these laws of the harvest does it also give us some principles for our giving
1: it does, and the Lord actually gets right into it fairly early in his in his ministry. If you're reading the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, he gives us some straightforward injunctions with respect to how we should give. It should be silent. Our alms are before God. Our gifts are before God. We're, we don't give in order to be seen by others. The left hand is not to know what the right hand is doing is kind of the phrase that we think about. And... Uh, so we're looking for the Lord's approval in these things. The, the uh, we don't give in order to be um, to have the approval of man here on earth, but we're looking for an eternal reward. So what we're we're doing is is we're trying to, to 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 transfer our worldly possessions into things that are of eternal value. So we don't give to get. I mean, there's a whole social gospel out there of preachers who tell you that uh you should send them your seed money so that god can bless you with the harvest of wealth that's not what the bible talks about when it talks about giving we don't ha- we don't give with the expectation of of uh becoming wealthier you know as if we're trading in a hundred dollars and god's going to give back a thousand and in that kind of a, a mathematical type of way when we are the idea of giving is is a, a means of of, of turning an, of obtaining an eternal inheritance, of looking for things that are are spiritual and, and lasting. And so the we need to be careful of having that kind of a, a concept or that kind of a view, that there is some sort of selfish or even covetous, as we mentioned last week, motive behind even in our giving as well.
0: Yeah, that kind of preaching works well for the preacher who's receiving all these gifts from people, but I don't think uh, the people who are slavishly giving to these ministries receive quite the same kickback that the prosperity preachers do. No, it's, uh,
1: (laughs) they definitely, I mean, the preacher definitely receives his present physical reward, but there's, uh, sadly, there is no spiritual wealth.
0: That's right. Yeah, good point.
1: So the question could be asked, so I'm interested in giving when how where do i give and uh we live in the same world as they did back then in bible times surprisingly as it may be to us at times but there's the poor and needy the lord says the poor you will always have with you and paul was quite willing to give to the poor galatians 2 and james 2 were required to and so those who the the needs of those that we see around us christian or non-christians believer unbeliever doesn't matter we have a responsibility to meet the needs of those that we're confronted with in our day-to-day life. And of course, that become can become a, a real means of uh, of opening a door to evangelistic witness and that sort of things. But even beyond that, there's just a responsibility that we have to meet the needs of those that are around us. Of course, there's the Lord's service as well. And we think of of those who are working on behalf of the Lord and full time capacity or even in in other ways i mean it doesn't even have to be a you know a commended worker as we would be more maybe perhaps more used to thinking about things in the gospel hall but there there is a responsibility to meet those and to to actually partner in this work to be come a part of these of of these different ministries that are out there that you can partner with and be a part of as they seek to to spread the gospel in other places and of course, there are agencies that can help out with this. I mean, you might wonder, you know, so how would I communicate a gift to a person in another side of the world or that sort of thing? A missionary on a mission field. How do I get the money to them? I'm I'm nervous about sending cash in the mail or or writing a check, or how would they cash a check on the other side of the world? How does all that work? Well, there are agencies to help us with this. And uh the benefits of some of these agencies too is not only do they have a means of communicating the money to those that need it directly, but they can also provide you with a donation tax credit, which can be helpful on your income tax as well. And uh, some of those that you might be familiar with would be Gospel Trust Canada or Missionary Service Committee, MSC Canada. You can look those up online and, and there are others of, as well, different other parachurch organizations that are that provide you with the means of of giving to good causes, good outreaches, good activities, and increase your interest and uh, fellowship in these kinds of things. And uh, I would encourage you to look into these kind of things and to and to familiarize with yourself with these possibilities and and opportunities. Another thing that I think is perhaps maybe a little more um, trendy these days, and uh, maybe it shouldn't be trendy, and maybe that's a You know a bad word choice but social justice has become a a real buzzword of late and uh, for good reason and uh it would seem to me i mean when i look around at um at my peers and or even you know so teens people in their 20s that um with the social media and all this that it, it has become very in vogue to kind of have your your cause that you want to you know be a part of and I think that um, if if you're passionate about some of these causes, I think that's a good thing. I do caution you with respect to Matthew 6 and, the, and how the Lord talks about being silent and quiet, your alms being done before God. I, I would caution being over the top with activism along these lines, but I do think that it, it, um, giving is a means of supporting these causes in a In a godly way i would encourage you to let your activism be of this kind you can support causes quietly privately under the eye of god and in view of each heavenly eternal reward as opposed to you know the pat on the back of you know of the approval of man that you're a part of you know some uh cause to promote social justice and which would only really provide you then with a temporary earthly reward that comes from you know having the accolade of being a part of some movement, and uh, so just you know some food for thought there with respect to the whole idea of social justice and the causes to that to that effect that you can be a part of. The bottom line here is that giving and these sorts of things is is really comes down to a stewardship. God has entrusted entrusted you with possessions, and uh, Luke sixteen teaches us in that parable that. The lesson here is that sound financial management is an indicator of your reliability as a servant in God's kingdom. And several parables show us that we are to use our money wisely. And this is where, you know, the giving financial management things kind of comes together to some extent. Budgets work for some people. You need to consider your spending habits. If you have leaky, uncontrolled spending, you're probably never gonna be able to give or you're gonna give in a fairly haphazard way this is where you need to bring these things down to the, where the rubber meets the road and kind of look at your income, what's coming in and look at your expenses and, and consider these things. If you're going to actually be disciplined about your giving, I just wanted to say a, a few words about debt. There is such a thing as good debt. And there is definitely lots, uh, lots to be said about bad debt as well. And I am not an advocate of no debt. Some are fairly strong on the, the idea that uh, we should live debt-free lives. and uh, But I mean, I don't think that that's wise or even necessarily practical in, in every case. But one thing I would say is that I am strongly opposed to bad debt. And uh, if you wonder what bad debt is, um, probably anything that you're paying more than 5% interest on is, is bad debt. And uh, the reason why I just picked 5% is that uh, in today's financial world, I mean, mortgages and things like that are, are much lower than 5%. You don't want to be carrying credit card debt or credit debt of, of much more than five percent. I wouldn't think for very long. And it is so easy to get credit these days that um, it's, it's a, a trap that can be, you can easily fall into, especially when you're younger and you see other people with you know their assets or things that they're doing, and or maybe you've grown up in a family where you know you you had easy access to a lot of toys, even trips, that sort of thing. And now you're setting up your own family and you just kind of are used to that kind of a lifestyle. And so the way that you can continue to finance it is by by easy credit. You know, I, I really think that it's something that you should spend some time thinking about and looking at. Um, it's actually not a bad experience to to live being tight for cash because it does provide you with an opportunity Maybe less of an opportunity to give, but it does provide you with an opportunity to be uh, diligent and and disciplined. But it also provides you with an opportunity to be a recipient. Givers need needy people to give things to, and there is a grace that is um, beneficial to the giver, but there's also a grace that can be that is uh, beneficial to the recipient. And at the end of the day, living beyond your means is actually pre- presumption and not faith. And so we need to, you know, navigate some of these things. I know maybe we're getting a little bit farther off of the the topic of giving here and more into financial stewardship. But these are things that fit into this whole concept here if we're going to be a giver.
0: Yeah, this this does tie into the subject of giving, and and you know, I just want to share a personal experience of how being strapped for cash was good for us. Uh, Helen and I went from two good incomes to one when when we started having children, Mm -hmm. and there was a bit of a period of time where we had to adjust our lifestyle, and we lagged a little bit, and we were in credit card debt for for a few months trying to pay off our credit cards and so on, and and that time was really, really good for us. It made us pray uh, (laughs) with more fervency than we had, Mm -hmm. and we really learned how to manage our money and, and control our spending. So it was actually a really time, ta- a great time of growth for us.
1: Yes, it's, it's true. And, um, this whole finance type thing is, it's learned behavior. It's not something that just, uh, you know, that you just have, I mean, and uh, your family experiences and your education experiences and all these things all play into it. And, and we need these times in our lives where we kind of just sit down and, and do the math. And uh, the same goes for giving. Giving is learned behavior. I mean, none of us naturally would want to give what we have just to to somebody else. I mean, there are dispositions of character that are perhaps more generous, but giving is a grace. It's something that's spiritual. And uh, so it is something that should be taught. We need to teach others by giving them something to give. We can do that. Parents can teach their children in this way. You know, go to a conference perhaps and give your children $10 and tell them to give it, give it to somebody who blesses them that conference or, or a a Sunday school teacher can do that with their students, you know, teach them a lesson about a missionary in some place and then ask them to write a letter and, and provide them with the funds to send it to, uh, to this missionary and, and in that way that child gets some interest in the sharing aspect, in the fellowship aspect, they receive from you. They also get the benefit of giving to others. So they experience the grace going both ways. I think it's a real benefit to people to learn how to give. Uh, You, Mike, uh, shared a personal example. I I could share a few too about my university time. I remember um, speaking to a, a man in the assembly in London when I was there and he was a quiet man um he wasn't given to public uh, participation and yet he used of his wealth to uh finance uh people who he felt were seeing souls saved to him this was the simple math of what he was doing he says he says i'm not going to see people saved through my preaching because i don't preach but he says when i'm at the judgment seat of christ i want there to be souls and uh, he says so the, the way the only way that i see that happening is that i fund those people who are seeing souls saved it stuck with me that here's a man who recognized his his own personal limitations in a public way and yet he was so invested still in the gospel and in the evangelical work what by giving to support those who could and so those are lessons that um that serve you in good stead I think if you're interested in being a giver, talk to people who you recognize are givers and you probably know who they are because they've already given to you and uh, ask them for guidance, ask them the lessons that they've learned, ask them about their financial planning advice, those kind of things. And I'm sure you can learn a whole lot of things that will serve you in good stead by being open in this regard. And so just in conclusion, i we'll just leave you with this. Why should we give? We've talked about this to some extent already, but it does give us an opportunity to work hand in glove with God. And I, uh, one of my personal favorite stories on this in the Bible is the feeding of the 5,000. You know, that small gift of a lunch was God's means of meeting a great need. It tells us explicitly that Jesus knew what he was going to do, but he went and asked the disciples, how are we going to solve this problem? And they found this boy with his little lunch. And God privileges us with the opportunity then to provide Him a lunch to accomplish His purposes in whatever sphere we are in. I mean, we probably don't recognize the 5,000 are being fed on a day to day basis with the lunches that we're providing, but God does, and He has a different perspective than we do. And by considering this, it fortifies us, it enriches us while He's blessing others with what we have allowed to flow through our hands. And you can be sure that that boy, who gave his lunch that day is still smiling today and that's the great blessing of giving we smile when we're giving we smile when we see the receiver receive it and it's something that will continue to cause us to smile even off into eternity as when we we meet our eternal reward and see the the smiling uh, father and we when as he looks down upon us and says uh, well done you good and faithful servant and i just trust then that this podcast, these time that we spent together over the last two weeks will be a blessing to somebody and that it might impact God's enterprise for good. All the best to all who have listened here.
0: Amen. Thank you, Justin. You uh, opened this episode with your little boy sewing uh, uh, snacks Mm -hmm. and you you finished with a a boy sewing sandwiches or whatever was in his lunch that day. I guess it was fish and bread. And and then you have the smiling face of the father. And uh, I know the, the times when I see my children being generous fill me with joy and pride over them, and I, I am banking, and I'm looking forward to the, the day when I see that my father was, was very pleased with little wee sacrifices and, and gifts I made. For, for when we do give joyfully, as you said, we, we uh, resemble and we reflect and we glorify our Father. So this is another habit of grace, the habit of giving. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 talks about giving, and and all through the, the section, it talks about the grace of God. God, in His grace, enables us to give, gives to us to give. And uh, we know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though He was rich, He became poor, that we, through His poverty, might become rich. So thank you, Justin, again, for being generous with your time. We appreciate the uh, theological and practical help you've given to us on this subject. And listeners, uh, again, just uh, as we wrap up our series on the Habits of Grace, I want to remind you that in a way we're not wrapping up this series because next month we dive into the book Key Bible Concepts together. And as we uh, read some chapters from this book together, we're going to be learning theology. And we said in our opening episode in this series that that learning theology is one of the spiritual disciplines. It's one of the habits of grace. So please uh, go to the website. You'll see a little schedule for which chapters to read and which order and by what time. Uh, Head over to practicologypodcast.com to get that schedule. And uh, this week, I think you're going to be reading the introduction to the book and the first chapter on God's holiness. So please read through those and then look forward to next week's episode, which will cover some of what the book talks about and and apply it to our lives. Thanks again for listening in everyone and may the Lord bless you richly.